Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Uh, tonight I want to jump right in because there's something I really want to get to, but I got to set it up with, with two passages. And, and the first is out of Hebrews chapter 2. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too speaking about Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not the angel he helps, not an angel he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest. Hang on to that word. I want to keep reading, but hang on to that word high priest. Uh, So that he'd become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of, uh, of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So the writer of Hebrews just just kind of quickly shares three quick things, and then I'm going to jump to three other quick things, and then I'm going to talk about one thing. Three, three, and then one, okay? So the first one is, he says in, the, in verse 14 that Jesus is the Son of God. And then in other parts of, of Hebrews and other passages here in the New Testament, it talks about how the fullness of God has been given to Jesus. And Jesus is the Son of God. He is the, the image of the invisible God so that you and I could experience what it says later. Uh, it also, it, so it, it tells us that Jesus is fully God. It also tells us that at one point, Satan had full control over death. Now all Satan has is full control over fear tactics. Um, and, and so Jesus comes to set us free of that. And then the third thing that we see here is that Jesus has become our high priest. And that's really what I want to circle back to in just a minute. So, Jesus is, so a little bit of quick theology here, Jesus isn't just a good prophet, Uh, Jesus wasn't just a man who went around doing good things, Um, the eyewitness accounts would have said, yes, he did this, he healed that, that person, Uh, he spoke with authority, but he was more than that, and and as a believer, if if you're a believer, then, then you'd want to lock in on this verse. And, and if you're not a believer, I would say this is definitely something to wrestle with because he's more than, than just a myth or a fable, fable. He was a historical figure, but, but, but we attest to his divinity. We would also understand that Satan has, or the devil has, uh, or had incredible power, still has incredible power. But his power over death was rendered useless when Christ uh, died on the cross as that ultimate sacrifice for us. But then there's one other aspect to, to Jesus besides the fullness of God and being fully man. He took on a role that was really needed and was lacking, and that was to become the the fully perfect, complete high priest. And there were high priests in Jesus' day. There were high priests all the way back uh, to the days when the priests were named in Moses' time. And then there were priests even mentioned before Moses' time. And so Jesus became our high priest. Going to come back to that. Now, jump over real quick to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And I want to read three or four more verses here. Hebrews 4 verse 14. So so I did Hebrews 2.14 now. Hebrews 4. 14 in the New Testament. And the Bible says, 
Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So this word is popping up again, high priest, high priest. He is our great high priest. He is over the heavens and over the earth. And, and the scripture says that he is able to sympathize with us. He is able to understand us, empathize even. Jesus understood because he was fully man and fully God. He was able to reconcile uh, a group of people, humanity, that was stuck and trapped in, in what would be their inability uh, to escape the uh, not only the consequences of sin, but the weaknesses of the flesh. And the scripture says he understood that. He was able to sympathize. Um, when, you know, I, I guess if you, if you get sick enough um, and you have different sicknesses, you can, you can experience, when someone else says, oh, I had the flu, you can say, yeah, I, I know exactly, I know what that feels like. Um, Jesus knew the burdens of what this body put on him. But the Bible says he was without sin, which allowed him to make the perfect sacrifice and to be the perfect sacrifice. But he was able to identify with us because he took on skin. He was able to see what we go through. And I don't know how your week's been, um, but, but it doesn't take but a few hours and a few days put together till you start to say, wow, that was a week. In fact, that was a hard week. Or, or I feel the weakness in me, uh, the weight of everything that I carry, whether it's physical or mental or whatever you go through. The Bible says Jesus can understand that. And I'm setting, this is hopefully all setting up to what I want to say, but I want you to get it in, in your head that a high priest would represent the people. They would come to him and ask for forgiveness. They would also come and ask for prayers for different things. The scripture says in 1 Samuel in the Old Testament that there was a lady named Hannah and she wanted a child. And so she goes to the priest and she asks in prayer that, that, uh, for this gift. Now she goes to the priest because she knows the priest is close to God. And that happens even in our society. People come to the pastors. They, come, they go to the priests. They go to people who are uh, maybe walking a closer walk with the Lord, or at least they appear to be walking a closer walk with the Lord. And, and they say, hey, will you pray for me? Or will you, will, you, will, you, will you pray on my behalf because I don't really know how to do it? Um, and, and so Jesus takes on this role of high priest, but he's a perfect high priest. He's a great high priest. In other words, He's not a high priest that has a has a 50% prayer rate. He has a 100% chance of getting through with God the Father because the fullness of God has been given to Jesus, but also this title of great high priest has been given to him. And so we know in the Old Testament, Hannah goes and she asks for a son and he gives her a son and he becomes Samuel, the great prophet. <laughs> How interesting, isn't it? Isn't it that he goes to, she goes to a priest and asks for prayer and then the man who... Uh, or the or the boy that is born to her is then dedicated uh, to to be this for other people. 
the Bible says that Jesus became our high priest so that we could go to him for whatever, for, for, for anything. Now, here the scripture says that what we mainly go to him for is because we realize that uh, we go back to that fear of death, that, that, that knowledge of we're not living up to a certain way. We understand the depths of our sins, or at least we feel inadequate most of the time or some of the time. And we realize we have sin and who's going to forgive us? Because you can keep trying and trying and trying and trying to do good, but is it enough? And we realize through scripture that there is only one way. And that was what Jesus defeated on the cross, the sin of death. And so he reconciled us to God. But now this high priest is now, he, this high priest is approachable. And so we can go, the scripture says in verse 16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in, in our time of need. Well, we understand that temptation is mentioned here. We also understand in, the very, in verse 14, he says, um, the writer is saying, hold on to what you profess. Well, what is it that you and I profess? Well, we should be professing that Jesus is Lord. He's fully God. He's also fully taken over and, and conquered the power of death. Jesus is also our fully, uh, full, full, fully fledged high, great high priest, which means we can have confidence to go into the throne room. And, and to be honest, I, I, not growing up Jewish, not growing up understanding everything. We, we, have, we have symbols and under, little glimpses of that through the Old Testament of how the temple structure was and what it was necessary and how it was necessary to go in and who could go in to, to this holy place and who couldn't. And it was more people who couldn't go in than could go in. And, and so there was this limitation. Well, the limitations have been pulled back and now we can go in with confidence. Now we can go in because the power of the devil has been defeated. The fear of, oh, he won't accept me, is gone. And so I want to get through all that to get to the, to the part that really has, has what, something I've been thinking about a lot this week. It's, it's we, if we know what we profess or who we profess, which is Jesus is Lord. Jesus is over all things. Um, if, if we know kind of who we are and what we're not, then, then that's, that leads us to a great place of saying, God, forgive me for that. But, but once we come into this belief and profession of who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives, then we have this open door to come to the high priest for anything. Now, the scripture says in James chapter 1, if anyone asks for, for wisdom, God will give it to him. So you can ask God for wisdom. And in Matthew's gospel, in Matthew chapter 21 and that Jesus was instructing his disciples, he says, anything you ask for in prayer shall be given to you, which means, which I'll be honest, when I read that, I, I, I saw something I had never really seen before is you can actually ask God for something and maybe not even be in a spirit of prayer. You can ask God for something and you're not really praying. And that might even open up a whole nother message or a series of messages, messages centered around what does it mean to pray? You can ask for something and you're not even praying. You're just saying, okay, God, give me this. So it sounds like you can ask for things in prayer, which ties into his will, ties with, well, we're not going to go there. So these two passages talk about, they talk about how, how we can ask for, these are noble things, wisdom, 
Jesus is preparing his disciples before he leaves them that they're going to need some help. We understand here in Hebrews chapter 4 that, that, uh, that we can go to him even though we have sinned and he, he will show us mercy. But the scripture says, let us then approach the throne of grace. Let's, let's go to this high priest who makes intercession for us with confidence that we, he may have mercy on us and find grace to help us in our time of need. When, when Hannah went to, to Eli the prophet in the Old Testament and asked for a child, did she have to have a child? No, she didn't have to have a child. She wanted a child. And, and, and I do believe that the Lord wants us to pray our desires. He wants to give us the desires of our heart. And I'm quoting, uh, I'm, I'm quoting more passages here uh, without a lot of references. But, but the scripture says that you and I, what we think about, what we care about, God empathizes with. He sympathizes with, with our needs. But he also, he, he also being in the flesh knew what, what a human wanted and what we desire. Um, so what's off limits? What's off limits when you go to this throne room of grace and you meet up with this great high priest, Jesus? What's kind of off limits to pray for? Um, well, I actually want to put that question in, in your court. I want you to think about that. What is off limits? What, what things can you pray for? Maybe what does it mean to ask for things in prayer? But the scripture says you and I can go confidently and ask the Lord for these things that we feel like we need. He gives us help in our time of need. You can pray for your children. You can pray for your job situation. You can pray for wants. You can say, God, I, I think this would help my life. Now, I don't know how God's going to always answer, but there's nothing that we can't take to the throne room and ask him for. The only thing we can do is go with confidence or not. The invitation that the writer of Hebrews says to the church is, if you're going to go and ask, if you're going to go and have a meeting with the high priest, go confidently that you have been recognized as a child of God because of what Jesus has done. Jesus, the high priest, has sent the invitation to you. He sent it to me. So there's nothing you can't ask him for this week. There's nothing you can't go to him for and say, God, I could really use some help in this area. In fact, I'm not sure that I have enough wisdom of how to figure this out on my own. He specializes in, in, in touching the brokenhearted, giving wisdom liberally. Jesus' mom came up to him at a wedding. The first miracle Jesus did and said, turn the water into wine. What in the world does that have to do with anything? In fact, Jesus even said to his mother, he says, it's not my time. This isn't really the first miracle that should be the first miracle, other than uh, Jesus would have known she was going to ask for that as well. But he said, it's not my time. This, in the grand scheme of things, didn't make a bit of difference in the kingdom of God, or at least in my mind it didn't. I'm sure it did, because it started off a wave of, people who believed in him. But the point was, Jesus' own word says, it's not my time. This is, and, and maybe you might have a different viewpoint on what he meant by that. Jesus turned water to wine because his mom asked. What would Jesus do when his children, when, when, when we go to God, 
and say, Jesus, would you do this? Is he going to say, no, it's not my time? No, he's going to say, it is the time. This is the right time. Because from here till the time we see him face to face, we've been given that privilege. This is the time because we have a high priest who's over all things. I don't even think I thought of a great title for tonight's message. And maybe, I, maybe, um, uh, maybe I'll have one and when it formalizes a little bit more, but, but he says, come to me. Come to me and ask. Yes, there are passages that say, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yes, we can ask for rest. Yes, we can ask for wisdom. Yes, we can ask for a child. Yes, we can ask for healing. And, and, and his big grand scheme of things, I don't, I don't understand why he doesn't always answer them always the way we would like him to answer. But I can say this. We've been given an invitation to ask for anything. And if we do that in prayer, he'll reveal to us if we should be asking or not. But we will not be rejected. We will not be turned away. Because he knows, because he's walked in our flesh. He knows what it means. So this week, the challenge I would encourage you is know that you go into this, when you pray to God, when you, when you call out to him, you're going through our high priest, Jesus. And you're saying, Jesus, we know you're fully God, which means you can do anything. We know you've conquered the greatest enemy that we've ever had. What do you think about this area that I'm praying for? Would you help me with this area? Would that be the challenge for each of us to go confidently before him this week? Let's pray. God, I thank you for uh, the time that we could spend together in the word pray that the word would continue to unite us to you, unite us to one another, and that we would be profoundly changed by having come into your presence. Lord, would you watch over your church? Would you watch over your people? Would you help us to follow you all the days of our lives? We pray this in the great high priest's name, Jesus. Amen. And just because I can't remember if I said it or not, if you don't have a church home, I'd like to invite you out to uh, one of our campuses, uh, Crossroads Church in San Antonio meets at 11 o'clock and in New Braunfels at 1030. And then we have a Spanish service at 1230. Hope to see you soon. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.